We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7, sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies, perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Thank you so much again for joining us today. My name is Dan Connick. Joining us on the podcast today is uh, my two wonderful co-hosts, Janelle Mackey, Matt Frilly. Guys, how are you doing? Hope you had a wonderful uh, Labor Day weekend. Any fun, exciting uh, frivolity from the long weekend? Ooh, I-, I went up to my cottage in Sturgeon Bay. That was nice. And then... Didn't have the Sunday scaries coming home yesterday, so it's it was that was nice. Uh, no, it's just it's re- real good three day week, and then it's like three day week, and then you have Packers already on Thursday, so it's it's almost just like a full vacation to me. Janelle, where, where were you up to? Yeah, nothing much. I mean, grilled some burgers, went for a nice walk. So it's actually nice here in Minnesota without like excessive heat warnings, so that was nice, and then. It's game day Eve Eve, so nothing to be upset about. Definitely. That's right. And yeah, and col- I mean college football is back that weekend, so you know, we had awesome like a whole like a whole slate of games just to sit back and just veg out to and not have to worry about anything at all that weekend. And as a badger f- yeah, the only game I saw was the Badger game, I think. Uh, there was nothing else but like Jack Cohen, that that guy's pretty rough, right? We can he's it's gonna be a He's going to be like there's going to be trials and tribulations with him. I don't think he's really the the guy for the Badger fans, but we'll see. I I am I am uh, I am an Ohio State fan, so okay. I only had to watch about nine minutes of the game on Saturday before yeah. I realized I 
could turn it off and go outside and enjoy the weather. Um, so ho- hopefully, I always I always cheer for a strong Wisconsin team until the <laughs> off week that they have to play Ohio State. But uh, I'm I'm rooting for you guys over right, there. Fair enough. As long as you're not wearing maize and blue, I really don't care what you do. Um, well, Janelle, you're getting ready for a new job, educating the the youth of America, right? Yes, so, I'm now working in a middle school, so. If you're in the Centennial area in Minnesota, <laughs> I might run into your children. That's a that was said with a lot more. Uh, I don't know. There was there was more uh, fear behind that than I think people wanted to hear. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I think, might run I into your I'm, children. Like, <laughs> might right? run into your children. Like I don't know if I'll what kind of influence I'll have on them, but I'm gonna try my best. <laughs> I kind of if dropped my education degree, and I'm still in a school now, so. <laughs> if you can't be a good role model, you'll be a good uh, warning, right? Exactly. Well, we are gearing ourselves up for the start of another football season, guys. Um, I mean, Thursday is pretty much just basically here now. We're getting ready for probably, I mean, is this, where does this rank in terms of marquee matchups in the Bears Packers rivalry uh this game on Thursday I mean it's it's the game that the NFL chose as the showcase to the entire world for their celebration of 100 years of the NFL um where where does it rank I mean last year was pretty fantastic you go back to 2011 I mean it's the absolute big stage. It's supposed to be Super Bowl matchup. So for them to get this stage, I mean, oldest rivalry Packers existed before the NFL even did. So I think it's, it's logical that they have the biggest rivalry kind of set up the hundred seasons. Yeah. I think it's amazing. Like, it's just cool. Like that. It's back to back years too. That's the weird part that you have in like the 99th season and the 100th season it's just you don't really see two of the same matchups on a Thursday night back-to-back years and I think it just speaks like Janelle saying it's just the the historic history of it like you have to pick pick Bears Packers it's and just both teams kind of in the directions they're going like the Bears are kind of on the up uptick right now of their kind of rejuvenated of the franchise like past the Jay Cutler era, past the John Fox area, and the and the Bears, or the, excuse me, the Packers are starting over from scratch. I mean, new offensive whole regime, new coach, new defense. So it's, it's you know, 100 years full circle, and they're just kind of trying to do it all over again and establish a new dynasty. And then you take into account what they did or what happened in last year's matchup on opening weekend, that the storyline just kind of writes itself to be even bigger uh, this coming Thursday. Uh, before we kind of jump into our the the stuff we're going to talk about with that game, uh, Packer news coming down the wire today. The Packers, uh, in a trade from the with the Giants, acquire linebacker B.J. Goodson. He's a four year or I see. I think it was I saw four years. Started the last two years for uh, the Giants. Um, released James Crawford to make room for the trade. Uh, B.J. Goodson comes in last year put up 61 tackles, two interceptions as a middle linebacker, uh, looks to kind of play that role next to Blake Martinez, which is fanta- a, a fantastic move in my my mind to get a guy that has experience 
in that uh, middle linebacker role in a group that was already thin and uh, to really give up almost nothing. We were kind of talking about it before, Matt. You saw that it was uh, just a swap of conditional seventh-round picks. I mean, that's nothing to get what's, what really amounts to some security out of the worst position depth-wise for that defense. Yeah, I mean, you you go ahead and get Goodson, who I think is a, a solid like run stuffer, big dude, like six one two forty. Um, you know, started a number of games. I think he started like thirty five games in his career for the Giants. Um, so that's that's notable. But you do have to you know eliminate someone off your fifty three man roster that you just cut down less than what twenty four hours ago during the transaction. You have, you get rid of a inside backer in James Crawford. So it's it's one of those things where I think they were trying to find just like. I don't think Crawford fit that run-stopping um, mentality they're looking for out of someone like Goodson. Crawford maybe can fly around a little bit in more of a coverage guy, not as much of a run-stuffer. But it's it's weird that they would not get rid of maybe one of the defensive backs that they kept. I think they kept, what, 11 of them. Um, so it's just that's, – that's interesting that you're just like swapping your – basically your largest need at inside linebacker and just cutting one and then – getting one while you're swapping two seventh round picks. But uh, Goodson's a good player. I, I mean, it, it, as far as him and Crawford go, I, I here nor there, it wouldn't really make a difference to me. I guess the only, you'd kind of tip your hat towards Goodson. He's more of a run stopper and you let Blake Martinez do more coverage, I guess. Yeah. Go, Janelle, any thoughts on it? Yeah. I was just kind of watching uh, some of his highlights from last year before we started recording and, he only has half a sack on the year last year, but that's because he doesn't uh, go for the quarterback, really. He goes for the ball, so he has pretty good speed for his size, which is impressive, and he's like a magnet. He follows the ball wherever it is, and it looks like he's a solid tackler, which I think we can agree. Last few years, those missed tackles, they're really hard to watch, so hopefully he can finish the play like it's supposed to be done, and yeah, I just... I think he has a good eye for the ball. He kind of just watches it. He makes sure that he's taking the right angle, and he's a big dude. He finishes the play. When he blitzes the quarterback, he makes a huge impact. He has a lot of pressure. So I think he's a huge asset to this rebuilding of the defense that we're doing. So to only get him for a conditional seventh rounder, not a bad trade. And, I mean, if you're if – you're going to trade for a guy that was by all accounts all reports was that he was planning on being cut by the Giants that means that you didn't expect him to clear waivers and that means that team at least 11 teams ahead of you one of them wanted uh or you thought was going to take him before he got to you so that means that there was some kind of buzz around him being a guy to fill in another spot and so to grab him for yeah basically a song and a dance for for that is uh is a great sign I think and really, it just goes to show the the difference in regimes to go out and, and make a move like this and address a, a position of me like this, where in the past, usually you would just kind of rely on draft and develop and expect young guys on that roster to just take over the role and take snaps and just be better. When sometimes you need guys like this to, you know, are, are veteran guys that have seen snaps and can come in and, and possibly make an impact uh, on a defense like this, but we are talking about the offense where the specifically the Packers offense matching up with the bears defense, uh, in this Thursday night game, the, it, I mean, really it was the, the only matchup that I think kind of mattered if you want to, if you want to cut down to it in both of these two matchups, because 
it's Aaron Rodgers against Khalil Mack was, you know, how it's billed each and every time now. And this defense for the Bears, world beaters last year, one of the better ones that we've seen in recent years. And now Aaron Rodgers comes back healthy again, and it's just going to be, you know, or you're hoping for a repeat of what we saw last year in week number one. At least that's kind of, uh, you know, excitement to it. So, guys, just right off the bat, if we're if you're looking at Packers offense versus Bears defense, outside of Aaron Rodgers and Khalil Mack, who are guys on that offense that you're looking at to say uh, they're the biggest influencers on their side of the ball in how successful they're going to be? Um, I've always been a huge fan. I'm going to start on the back end. I know it's the, the front seven for the Bears. It's like the big, you know, that's that's where they make their magic. I think we could all almost name all seven guys up front, but I'm a huge fan of Eddie Jackson. I think he makes a ton of plays in that back end of that defense. Uh, you know, obviously they got rid of Adrian Amos. We're lucky enough to have him. I mean, they go ahead and get haha Clinton Dix. And I think it just goes to show how much they really trust Eddie Jackson back there. Makes huge plays. Um, always, you know, flying around to the ball. I think he's going into his third year now. And um, I just see a huge, I, I could see him causing havoc for Aaron Rodgers um, and just making reads and, you know, going over the middle and Eddie Jackson come up down and run support too. So that's, that's someone in the, the secondary that I'm, most concerned about after that it really doesn't get too i'm not too scared of like prince of mukamura or fuller like i'm not too worried about those guys so but i think eddie jackson is number one on my list in that secondary yeah and you talk about the secondary aaron Rodgers is a smart enough quarterback he doesn't throw a lot of if any interceptions so it's definitely the front seven that's the scariest because they're obviously going to have to go against our offensive line which has been pretty solid over the years. I mean, especially with Bakhtiari, Lindsley uh, getting into his veteran years. But Billy Turner is someone that we're going to really want to watch in that first game. He's new, he's young, so bringing him in against that front seven is going to be a huge test for him, and we're going to really see what he can bring to the table because the right side of that line last year, I think, was obviously the weak spot. So I think... If he can turn his game on and really stop some of those guys, I think that's going to be a huge key factor because, like I said earlier, the the secondary doesn't scare me too much because Aaron Rodgers is smart enough with the ball. So making sure that Aaron Rodgers has time to make the throws or uh, like we were talking about earlier, Aaron Jones hasn't really seen the Bears. So if they can create gaps for him to run through, I think – that offensive line is what we really have to pay attention to. Yeah, I agree with both of those. I, I think really it's uh, it's on this young wide receiving core for the Packers because last year in that week one matchup, Randall Cobb led the team uh, in receiving yards. Obviously that huge 70-yard-plus touchdown run helps. But, you know, I mean it was Devontae Adams and Randall Cobb and Geronimo Allison leading the way in – week number one and then you get to you know week number 15 and your second leading receiver was Jamal Williams and then it goes to Jimmy Graham and Lance Kendrick was was number five in receiving yards so these young guys you know a lot of them dealt with those injuries last year especially EQ he's not going to be there again this year obviously Um, but you know for a lot of these younger players, this is now year number two, like MVS, Trevor Davis. Jake Kumro now is going to have uh, you know a full season to get ready. He didn't play in that first 
week game last year as well. So a, a very young wide receiving core that uh, we've talked about is learning this new offense with Aaron Rodgers and a new coaching staff. How, how do they connect in week number one? Especially, I, I know Aaron Rodgers won't make a, a big deal out of it and no one you know around the team kind of will, but you know we have not seen it in uh, a game scenario yet how this offense works and how key connects with uh, the wide receiving core. So this is going to be the very first time. And I think also too, if you're looking for something to keep an eye on playing in Chicago, I feel it's always just get the hell out of Chicago healthy. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers went down at Lambeau and got an injury last year, but soldier field just, it seems like a death trap anytime you go play in it. And so I'm just worried about, we finally have everybody healthy coming into week number one, and you have to go to Soldier Field, which is notoriously just an eater of ACLs and, and ankles and everything else like that. So just get the hell out of Chicago healthy uh, would be like an X factor for me. But um, Matt, you brought up kind of one of the other storylines is Adrian Amos versus Ha Clinton Dix. Wearing opposite uniforms last year in these matchups and now – come in, uh, you know, as turncoats. Are we are we wearing too much of rose-colored glasses looking at Adrian Amos versus HaHa Clinton Dix? Uh, I don't... I mean, I think Amos is talent-wise head and shoulders above HaHa Clinton Dix right now. I mean, maybe a few years ago, everyone was... I, I mean, I was a huge HaHa Clinton Dix guy when they brought him in, when they drafted him. But mm-hmm. it's, it's to the point now where... Like the talent, like the tape just shows. Like Adrian Amos is going to go make a play. Like whether it's going to break up a ball in the back end of a you know a deep throw or come up and make some plays, um, you know down the flats and taking on a, a running back. You know, haha, Clinton Dix doesn't really do that or didn't do that for the Packers. Maybe he's maybe he's you know changes too now that he's uh, down south in Illinois, but. I think it's going to be it's going to be hilarious. Like you know, as soon as it's not going to come from the Adrian Amos, like when he makes a play, as soon as Haha Clinton Dix does something stupid, though, you know, like Packer Twitter is just going to blow up into just gifs and memes and just just killing Haha Clinton Dix. I mean, whether or not the Packers are losing or winning or wherever the game is, it's I think that's every like Packers fan is just like waiting for that to happen. But um, no, I don't think I, I really do think Amos is a better player. And it's, it's weird that they would like the Packers would go out and get a coveted free agent. And then all of a sudden the, the bears just go ahead and get like to replace that guy that the Packers grab just some, like someone that's off our scrap pile, or I guess not ours, but the, the Redskins scrap pile at that point. So just a, it's an interesting another, I guess another storyline. Um, another storyline I'm looking up here again. I remember uh, remember Hakeem Hicks last year, kind of a little back and forth in that second game at the end of the year, just between him and Rodgers. And um, mm-hmm. Hicks has always had like just had his nose for Aaron Rodgers, always trying to make big plays. And like he's 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 a problem up front. I mean, I like I said, there's a lot of those guys that everyone knows about, and he's one of those guys in the front. Uh, you know the. The defensive line, who's just gonna? Uh, Janelle talked about Billy Turner. I think that's really one that you want to watch out for. I mean, he's he's got some years under his belt, you know, playing with Denver, and I think he was in Minnesota for a while. But just new offensive line. He's next to Bulaga, and they're gonna they're gonna throw some stuff at these guys. Luckily, you know, that's the only real new starter for the Packers on that uh, in the offensive line spot. But 
yeah, it's there's always going to be some like you can't stop everyone. Like you can't stop Mac every play. Right. You can't stop Hicks every play. You mentioned Leonard Floyd, Raquan Smith. Um, I mean, Danny Trevathan has made big plays in the past, whether they're clean or not. Uh, he's he's going to make a play. Like those guys are all flying around the ball, and it's just you you hope that. You hope, like you said, Dan, you hope they can come out clean because I'm thinking of the Danny Trevathan hitting Devontae Adams over the middle. I don't know if that was in Soldier Field or not, but yeah, Bears Packers, there's always there's always something. Like there's always an injury, there's always a big hits, clean or not. It's it's you hope you just get out of week one with a W, and if not, hopefully the whole team intact. But uh, I know I'm ranting a little bit here, but like it's it's you're really it's I hate to like I don't want to be like too negative, but like it sucks that you haven't seen Aaron Rodgers or Aaron Jones on the field since January. Like that's that's a real disturbing part to me. That's be, fair. And it would be cool if like it was Mike McCarthy or the same offense we've had for a decade, but it's it's a new offense. You haven't seen it at all other than running against the Texans in practice and your own team. Like it's I just it's a really tough pill for me to swallow, like having Rodgers not played a single down. Um I, to me I also feel like that back tightness thing was kind of BS. Like it comes out a half hour before the game. Like I, I really think Rogers is trying to flex his muscle a little bit onto LaFleur. I mean, we'll see. I, I just don't, you can't, if Aaron Rodgers, I think he said something about like, don't chalk uh, any, like the lack of reps in the preseason up to why it would be off in the, you know, the first game. Well, it's like, what else are you going to chalk it up to? Like, that's, that's kind of where everything's, we're going to point our finger at that. Like you haven't been on the field and connecting with these young receivers and running this offense. So I just, it's tough. If they were going to get out on a hot start and go up, you know, seven, nothing, or, you know, be running hand in hand with the bears offense. Um, I'd, I'd be shocked. I really think it's going to take a quarter or two for them to get into rhythm. Well, we found Matt's hot button topic is yeah. Aaron Rodgers preseason playing time. <laughs> I mean, it, it, and, like, and like the other part of it is like if you would have just played like a drive or two, right. would you still feel okay? Like probably not because right. you could go three and out or whatever. But it's just like does that not annoy you guys that he hasn't played at all? And like just I, I don't know. I mean, I guess I'm a little less annoyed than you are, Matt. But <laughs> I mean. The, <laughs> That's fair. That's fine. Like I, I'm always going to find something to get ticked off about the Packers. That's just, that's just the one right now for me. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I mean, I get it. Like whether you play him or not, because you just don't want to take those risks in preseason. You don't know who's going to want to take the cheap shot to get him out for the rest of the season. You just never know, even if it is maybe half a quarter. Uh, we've seen players get hurt doing nothing. Going back to Jordy Nelson, I kind of have PTSD from that. But, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I it's Aaron Rodgers. He's a veteran. He knows what he's doing. So I have a lot of trust in him. But, yeah, just that not knowing of what does this offense actually look like with him involved, it's kind of scary. It's just going to be a big mystery as to what happens on that first offensive drive. So it's – another reason why we're kind of itching for the season. It's not just the same old, like you said, McCarthy, Aaron Rodgers era. It's a whole new offense, whole new era. And we're on the big stage to kick off this season. So it's, it's intimidating and a little scary, not knowing exactly what Rodgers looks like out there, but at the same time, it's Aaron Rodgers. So that kind of takes my nerves down just to, just a peg. 
Yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll agree with uh, with Janelle on this one, Matt, and I, but I understand <laughs> where you're coming from, Matt, uh, because yeah, it is. It's super frustrating because I mean, really, the last taste in our mouth as Packers fans was, you know, being shut out at home against the Lions. Um, you know, and and just the utter, you know, the disappointment of that season and that offense and. You know, it, it's we've been waiting to just see the the fruit of all of this labor of you know bringing Matt Lafleur in, all of these free agents. How does how does the new system all work together? And we just haven't gotten a chance to see it. You know, really kind of fully fully form. And I mean, it's gonna you're gonna get your wish on Thursday, man, <laughs> <laughs> uh, for the first time finally. Um, is there is there a a guy that if um, if we were looking at this game on Friday, if uh, you were going to pick a, a an MVP from this offense for the Packers, if we're looking at the game uh, on Friday's headlines, who is the the guy that's the the playmaker or the X factor for the offense that we look at this game and say, um, you know, he had the biggest game. I, I know we just talked about the biggest reason for being successful, but the player that's going to have the biggest game on offense is—is is there anybody outside of of Aaron Rodgers that you look at? I mean, I kind of have to say Devonte Adams because every time the Packers and Bears have matched up, it's Randall Cobb's time to shine. He's the big star. It's like if we could have just had him on roster every time we played the Bears, then I think he would have stuck around. But it's always a receiver that kind of stands out in those games, whether it was Cobb. Jordy Nelson a few years back, even Geronimo week one last year. So I think Adams is going to really step it up, and he's shown he knows how to work the Bears even when he gets hospitalized due to traumatic hits to the head. But I think he he has a lot of more potential. Like He's only going up from here, so I think especially in these divisional games, he's going to have to be that offensive leader outside of Rodgers. So especially with the young group, like, Kumaro and MVS and Allison he has a couple years but he was also hurt a lot of last year so I think Adams is going to be the ultimate difference maker for this team I 100% agree I can't even imagine anyone else that we'd think I mean there's guys that could have a big game I think there's potential for uh, Marcos Valdez Scanling to have a decent game uh, we saw obviously Geronimo Allison have a big week one last year against the Bears but I think you look at Devontae Adams, and the, like I said, the secondary group isn't, you know, it's not bottom of the barrel in the NFL, but it's definitely not one of those top echelon ones you'd have to worry about. Um, and I think you look at just like the last four games that Devontae Adams had, he's three of the last four games he's had a touchdown, and the one game he didn't have a touchdown, he had 120 yards and 13 targets, no touchdowns. That was week uh, that was last week of or the week the last game of last year that they played them. So he's he's going to go out and get his. Uh, he's clearly worked on his game this year again, uh, and you saw in the off season just the way his footwork is and how much respect he's getting around the league with his um, his you know his release off the ball. And it's just it's unprecedented in the way the way he can basically make top corners just leave him in his dust. And I think that's 
that's the that's the spot they're going to really want to attack. I think if 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 you're the Packers, especially to get out and get into a rhythm that I'm just dying for, is to get Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams just synced up right away and um, doing what they do best and just kind of making it look easy out there. A couple back shoulder throws and just you know just doing what they do as far as like. I want you to run this route, but only when this happens. And they're the only two that really know ever what's going on out there. Uh, No one on TV or no one watching the game, no one broadcasting the game, no one in the stadium ever really knows what's going to happen until the ball snapped and they see a corner with inside position or he's in a flat route in a zone. Like that's the guy I think, like Janelle said, that's, that's who's going to be the guy on Friday. Hopefully um, that we hear that had a huge game and the the Packers won. Uh, Dan, is there anyone else besides Devontae Adams you're looking for? I, I really think this could be the game that Aaron Jones uh, kind of breaks out into the mainstream, you know, talk. I, I think anyone around the NFL will tell you that Aaron Jones is a he, – he's definitely a number one running back in the NFL. I think, I think he proved that last year, and I think people around the NFL realize that. I think that a game like this could be the game that Aaron Jones takes over and really proves to the, you know, a little bit more of a broader audience that uh, he can be big because I think that if we're assuming in this offense that Aaron Rodgers is able to sync up pretty quickly with the wide receiving core. I mean, Devontae Adams, he obviously will be able to to work with, you know, whenever he wants to, but if we're going to assume that this offense is going to kind of get running a little bit in this week one and he's finding connections with guys like uh, Valdez Scantling, Kumro, maybe even Jimmy Graham in there, uh, you know, it, it's going to clear a lot of guys out of that box. I got a chance uh, driving back down uh, from up north today about five hours to watch, uh, you know, some of the game film from that week 15 matchup. And really the, the Bears – had about six guys in the box every time. They they never they were never blitzing. I mean, there was no blitzing. It was just four guys up front that were taking care of everything and just terrible offensive line play and just kind of daring the Packers to beat them through the air, which they just couldn't do. They couldn't give Aaron Rodgers enough time, and he wasn't in sync with anybody. I think if you get that air attack working a little bit, opens Aaron, Aaron Jones up on the ground, and I think that – if Matt LaFleur's offense is going to run anything like uh, Sean McVay or you know how Kansas City kind of runs theirs with uh, how Kareem Hunt did last year, Aaron Jones could be a, a really big part of this that you know no one has seen yet in this offense. And so I, I think he could be really poised for a, a game, a breakout game on uh, on Thursday. Um, so. Let's go predictions for oh, Thursday okay. offensively. <laughs> Let's just with Aaron Rodgers uh, over under. So in the week one game, he had three touchdowns in week 15. He had no touchdowns. So let's set it at one and a half over under touchdown passes for Aaron Rodgers. Over. Over. Devonte Adams. One touchdown catch had just shy of 200 yards, so 
Uh, average out about 100 yards. So is he over or under 100 yards receiving for Devontae Adams today or on Thursday? Over. Has to be. Hmm. This one's tough. I'm going to say I'll be the the opposite. I'll say under. But I think he'll still be that, a huge asset to the offense. Is that just because of how many, you know, because now he's got actual other people to take up those yards for him now? Yeah, and I could also see him kind of getting double covered, so it might open up opportunities for other guys to get a couple more yards, but I think when it comes to the end zone, that's where he's going to shine. Uh, Rushing-wise, the Packers in Week 1, it was Jamal Williams leading the way with 47 yards. Uh, he led it in Week 15 as well with 57 yards. Aaron Jones obviously going to be the main guy in that now. Uh Aaron Jones, let's let's put it at seventy five. Is Aaron Jones uh, above or below seventy five yards rushing on Thursday? I was hoping you were going to go hundred. Yeah, I was going to hope you were going above <laughs> or below hundred again. Seventy five. That's tough. Uh, I think below too. I like you're talking, Dan. If if the Lafleur offense is really going to be ran how it has been in the past with mm-hmm. the Titans and the Rams and the Sean McVay's, whatever, like that jet sweep fake and that, uh, you know, that power. O. like that's going to be huge for Aaron Jones. But I just don't see it happening week one against that Bears D. They were number one in run D last year. They finished the year. I, I think it's below two. I do. I agree with Janelle. Um, any final thoughts on Thursday's <sighs> game? Offense, defense, just in general, what you're – what you're looking for, what you're excited to see, uh, anything in general for Thursday. I hope Did we Vicky get signed? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Janelle. Sorry. I'm just saying, I hope we see a fullback touchdown. Yes. I love the fullback. <laughs> <Yes. so. laughs> like, I'm hoping we get to that uh, two yard line and then we just punch it in with the tally. So, I'm hoping he, for that one. To, <laughs> yeah, he took to Twitter yesterday asking if he should go mustache or beard. I, I don't know. I, any facial hair I'm with for that dude, he's. Yeah, he he definitely needs a touchdown. That'd yes. be awesome. I, I, I think, know this is how like, Matt and I bonded before Dan came along. We always fullbacks. had that fullback connection. <laughs> how do you not have a fullback? Like it just like it, it comes back like every seven or eight years. Like, it, like you have I, to have a fullback. When Ripkowski so left, I was like so heartbroken, and but now <laughs> yeah, we, we had it back. So now Matt and I have something uh, to get excited about. Prediction. I mean, I man, I I'm just gonna. Say the Bears kicking game struggles. That's that's I feel like that's a safe one to go with. You're hoping to see more struggles. Yeah, I think that's I think oh, that's yeah. safe. Like I see that happening. And like I went to the game on Thursday, and like some I was I'm, I really wanted to see Crosby like just maybe move on. I know it was really gonna be tough for it to happen. Ficken had a good camp. Then he missed Crosby missed an extra point. But like, there's no way you would have got rid of Crosby because week three, all of a sudden, Fick and Mix a misses a 55 yarder, and the whole stadium goes crazy. Like, why would you get rid of Crosby? But I, I was surprised Fick and didn't get signed to the Bears. Everyone thought it was like a guarantee. Like, if him or Crosby were to get cut, like they were going to sign to the Bears or even the Vikings at this point, who traded for a, a kicker and now let him go. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to say Bears struggle with the kick game. Uh, I'm gonna. Uh, a bromance will have started with Lafleur and Rodgers also at the end of the game. I'm going to go with that prediction. They're they're definitely going to be best buds by the end of this one. <laughs> yeah, th- this has been a fun off season watching the 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 tragedy that is the Bears kicking 
scenario. I mean, the, the double doink was probably one of my the highlights of last year's season for me. And then just to to see all the reports about how, like, Matt Nagy just seems like he's uh, – what's what's um, what's the, the guy's name from Ace Ventura, the, the uh, kicker? Oh, um, uh, Lacey. Finkel. Finkel, there you go, yeah. Finkel, like his mom that's just, you know, got, like, Dan Marino's eyes scratched out. For like, sure. That just seems like what Matt Nagy has been all offseason, and he it's was been – yeah, he was in a mental pretzel with his special teams. Like yeah. they didn't like kicking forty three yarders like just on a regular day of practice, and they're all missing. Like I was like, "What are you doing? Like just forget about it. Get get it over with." But yeah, that's you're just you're just beating it into the ground. And and Matt, you're right. Like if if Crosby had gotten cut, you know for sure the first people he's getting a call from is Matt Nagy to come kick for them. That, that that's that that would be exactly it. And you know he would have won the game for them as well. Oh. Well, you know. Because that's when... Like, go ahead. they're not even waiting to call him. They're waiting outside of Lambeau before he can even get <laughs> his car. Like, they're just waiting for it. Yeah, like, Matt Nagy's opening up the backseat to the limo. Like, let's talk. <laughs> Come on. We'll drive you to the airport. Uh, I When Carly Lloyd... Uh, name when her name came up. By the way, Jill, huge shout out to you guys um, with the the podcast you did with Carly Lloyd and everything. Um, I, I I thought for sure I'm like I would love to see that happen in Green Bay, but it would almost be like doubly worse if she went to the Bears and just was like the absolute cure all to the Bears kicking woes and you know had this. Game winning. I don't know. Maybe I'm just like worried that they're going to cure their kicking woes against us on Thursday night in some like exorcism, exorcism fashion. You know, game winner <laughs> against the Packers. Demons are exercised. I think that would be uh, the most heartbreaking way to lose that game. Would be if they made a field sure. goal to win, especially after all the the humor after the double doink and all their struggles with bringing in about like 10 different guys during camp and none of them can make it from 40 yards. So that would, that one would sting the most. I would rather just get blown out than lose by a field goal. All right. Uh, so again, it's finally, we're finally here talking about real football. Thank God. Uh, Thursday night, first game of the season against the bears. Uh, I hope you guys are ready for it. Um, we'll be here as well. A couple days leading up to the game on game day and then afterwards obviously here every single day with the new Packers podcast so make sure that you follow the podcast uh, like subscribe rate review all of the fun stuff follow us on Twitter at pack a day podcast um, you can follow myself at DK all the way um, guys where can they find you in the the Twitterverse uh, you can find me on Twitter at Matt underscore Frey underscore. That's at M-A-T-T underscore F-R-A underscore. Janelle, where are you on Twitter? You can find me at Big Mac underscore four. Mac M-A-C-K. Perfect. All right, uh, guys, until then, next time that we'll talk, we'll be breaking down a, a real-life game. This is finally here. Uh, until then, guys, enjoy Thursday night. Enjoy the first couple of weeks of football. And as always, go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.